1: How are y'all this morning? Excellent. That's great. Yeah, y'all. No, I was not anywhere in the southern states recently. However, Shalane and I just got back from camping. It was a two-day stint, camping. But it was actually, it was like the Goldilocks amount, just the right amount. Not too long, not too short. You know, it was just, it was just nice. But something that neither of us had done in, I don't know, when's the last time you even went camping? 20 years? 20 years? Okay, so a few less years than that for me, but uh, hadn't been for a long time. So it was really nice just to kind of get out there, and we had some camping gear that had been donated <laughs> to the for the cause <laughs> uh, years before. And so we made good use of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was Pastor Quinn and Barry's old camping here for a few years before they had given it to myself and the boys. And so we, Shalane and I, made good use of that. It was, um, it was fun. It was nice to be able to get out and just not have the pressure of a schedule. Amen. You know, I don't have to answer the phone if I don't want to. You know, things like that. It was really nice. nice. So we're, we came back. We tried a few new things. Um, whitewater rafting being one of them. <laughs> yeah, well, except we went on the kitty ride. So... <laughs> We went on the, the family-friendly river rafting. <laughs> yeah, but it was enough to, uh, excuse the pun here, wet the appetite, and, um, and so now it's kind of like, well, let's, let's get some bigger rapids going next time. It was lots of fun. So we're glad to be back, and um, that was the beginning of our week, so it's been a relatively good week. I mean, after that, you know, the rest of the week just seems to slide right on by. It's, it goes by pretty fast. And here we are once again, praise God. And uh, you know how you can go from Sunday to Sunday? Well, we can go from Sunday to Sunday from glory to glory. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. You don't have to dip in the middle, you can just go straight across from glory to glory. Amen. And this morning, um, I, know I like to take some time to prepare uh, before I come and stand here on a Sunday. And often I'm thinking in terms of, Lord, what's the sermon? What do you want me to preach? And he's been helping me change how I do things, because he doesn't give it to me right away, you know. And so I'm going, Lord, what's the message? Lord, what's the message? And the longer I have to wait, the more nervous I get, because I'm thinking, you know, times—he's not moved by time the way we are, right? So I'm looking at the, the, well, it's coming up pretty soon, and I need to know. And is it this? Is it that? And then I start offering ideas. Of what it could possibly be. How about this? And how about that? But he's been helping me change to uh, be more dependent on him, not just dependent, but trusting in him to help me know what it is that he wants to say, not just come up with a good sermon. Because there is a difference between a good sermon and what he wants to say. And uh, yeah, you can give a good sermon and never communicate anything he wanted to say that day. So, it's always been my heart to, to prepare properly, and in preparing, um, I do that thing a little bit different. You know the, the verse that says, rend your heart, not your garments? It talks about, like, don't just do something on the outside, but search your heart. And, and so in the same kind of a way, that's part of the preparation uh, that I take in order to... to like, what's, what's in here that God has put on the inside? And so the, the thing that I want to share with you this morning... Um, is something it seems like it's it's been with me for a really long time. And I didn't realize it f- at first. And when I say at first, I mean years ago. And I've been noticing it more and more. And now it's so much a part of the way that I am that I don't even really think a whole lot about it. And what I'm talking about is I want the truth. <laughs> I know that sounds like, okay. But I I'm I'm not too big on fake stuff. I don't know about you. I'm not, I don't like the fake stuff. I want the real thing. Now, I think that's been in me since I got born again. I got born again when I was like six years old. But when I grew, as I was growing up, I realized um, I didn't know who I was. And you know, teenagers particularly go through that. It seems like every other week they're trying to be somebody different. And that happened to me, my experience as a teenager, I, you know, I thought I was, I don't know, a preppy kind of kid. I used to carry a comb in my back pocket. And uh, I was very, very, you know, particular about how my hair looked. You can't imagine that now, can you, no? Very particular. So much so that um, the girls thought it was really fun to run up behind me and. Tossle my hair and run away, and see me get all frustrated and pull out my comb. <laughs> and they thought that was hilarious. I didn't find it hilarious at that time, as no, my hair has to be a certain way. So, as a teenager, I, in growing up, I sampled a lot of different kinds of lifestyles. In that, you know, I thought for a while uh, in the 90s that I was uh, this, I think the term is grunge. Does any, anyone who grew up around in the 90s know that? Yeah, it's the only time that you can look almost like a homeless person, and it's cool. Because you know can shave your head and grow the top really long and wear boots and raggedy clothing and, you know, yeah. So I thought that's who I was for a while. And then that wore off. And then I, I thought the retro hippie thing was kind of cool, somewhere between the ravers and the hippies. And so I thought that was really interesting for a while searching for who, it was, who I really was, but in that search, I realized, I mean, I got off into philosophy and all sorts of, I mean, I'd, I'd literally go home on a Friday night and read philosophy books because I thought that was very interesting. <laughs> now, I realize it's kind of nerdy, but <laughs> I thought it was pretty interesting because I was on this search. I was on a search for something. I was, I was looking and part of the reason why I was looking is because something inside me, and now that I know the Lord better, I know who it was and what it was, was looking for reality. Pastor Ann mentioned something. I guess she's off with the children this morning. Um, but she mentioned the real thing and being brought into the real thing. And that was something that was a, a search of mine at the time. And so through philosophy and Um, I'll say, other spiritual practices. I was searching for something. And that something that I was looking for was truth. It was reality. I was starved for it. And the Lord is gracious because even in our wanderings, he's faithful to lead us back to him. And although I had been wandering around a whole lot, in my teen years. He was faithful to bring me back to truth. And he's done that more than once. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. (laughs) And I I got to a place where even as a teenager, I realized all this junk that I'm involved in, I know this is not the real thing. This isn't it. This isn't the right thing. I mean, in the world, the, the world is so temperamental. You know what I mean by that? It loves you one minute hates you the next you know it it just people's opinions change like the weather there's nothing stable there's nothing consistent um you know if you got if you you struggle to have everything right to impress people that don't care about you that's the world system so much about it is like that there's no reality to it when everything can change in a moment no stability in that and i knew that there was something more and as I said, as a teenager, the Lord helped bring me back around to a place where I knew what I knew, what I knew in my heart. Because like I said, I was born again when I was little. And I came back to a place of recognizing and admitting to myself, yes, Jesus is real. Jesus is right. He's the way. And it took a little while for me to get there, but he got me there. And... Then I began to discover something, and I remember the first time when I started to take a deep interest in the Bible and teaching from the Bible. And I remember when suddenly something happened on the inside. You know, all my searching before with philosophy was me figuring things out and imagining things and, you know. I think the Bible calls it vain imaginings, and when I started to get into the Bible and pray, I started to have certain things happen to me where it got to be alive. It's like God was talking to me from the words on, this page, on the pages of the Bible, and not only that, light began to shine from within me, enlightening my heart. The, the Bible says the entrance of his word brings light, gives light. So that began to unfold in me, and I began to see certain things and perceive things from the inside as God spoke to me, as he revealed truth to me. And I clearly remember times thinking, it really is this way. What is? What he's showing me from his word, it really is this way. This is true. And I began to see the difference between truth and lies. The more I spent time in his word, the more the Holy Spirit began to reveal that to me. One of the things that I began to see is that the Christian life is not a religious life. It's not a religious life. Now, people make a religion out of it, but Christianity is not a religion. And I began to see that it's reality, it's God's reality. I also began to see how very different Christianity actually is. And that's something as as a teacher and as a pastor, sometimes that can be one of the most difficult things to convey to other people, is that Christianity is unlike any other thing. We like to use examples and analogies to try to convey a meaning and get a point across to people, but we're using human examples and natural things that are so limited. And those natural things are subject to change anyway, whereas truth is not subject to change. Amen. And the reality of God's things, his stuff is so much far, is far greater, so much greater that it's, it can be a challenge sometimes to convey that to people. So one of the cries of my heart has been, the more I get to know him, the more I realize it becomes difficult to really convey to you how real he is. And at some point, I just have to be satisfied in trusting him to make himself as real to you as he has made himself to me. You know... Like I said, as a teenager, it's always kind of been in me to study and to learn, and I've been fascinated with concepts and ideas and how to convey and communicate truth, or at least, you know, in previous years, what I thought was truth. And so in a similar way, there's many times where, and I'm teaching or I'm talking or I'm doing something, teaching just comes out of me. It's just in there. It just comes out, sometimes, you know, to the annoyance of other people, when I'm go to talk to them about their you know, family members, talking about life, and all of a sudden, teacher comes out, and they're looking at me like, really? Because they didn't want to be taught by me at that particular point in time. And I, you know, I, it just comes out of me sometimes. Uh, not just sometimes, actually, more often than not. It's just in me. But in all of that, there is something deeper than that in me which is truth and reality in God. Now, the Christian life is different than any other kind of life on the earth. It's completely different. The Bible teaches us that there is, there are, the race of man is in Adam. But then Jesus came, and now we are in Christ, the Bible calls us new creations. Right. So who we are in Christ is nothing like who we were were in Adam. Yeah, right. In Adam there's both good and evil mixed in together. Yeah. Which is why the world is so confused. And when people try to perceive God, they come up with the yin, yin and the yang. They come up with, you know, there's good and there's bad. And they, because that's been mankind's experience ever since the Garden of Eden and eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Man's experience has been both. But that's in Adam. And the reality that belongs to that is the natural life that you see going on in the world around you. Corrupted, polluted. But not so in Christ. That's right. The Christ life is totally different. Totally different. Hallelujah. And sometimes that difference can be a, a challenge to convey. Yes. Because I'm talking, we're talking to one another, and I want to use an example to describe something to you. But the examples that I'm using often we only relate to on a natural level based on our own experience and then don't see necessarily the reality that is the Christ life. What do I mean by that? Who here knows that there's two kinds of love? Okay. We think of the word love and often we think of one thing, And we have different understandings and experiences. So we have a slightly different definition or experience of what love is. But there's love according to Adam. You know what I mean by that when I say that? According to the world. But the love of Christ is totally different. It's not even remotely the same. So when you're reading your Bible and you come across love... We tend to think of it in terms of how we understand it in the way that we've been raised in our present experience. And yet, the word love in here means something totally different because he's talking about the love of God, the love of Christ. And that is very different. You know, it wasn't my intention to talk about love this morning, but here's some differences. Love in the world is very self centered. It's, I love you. Do you love me? And usually what it means is, I love the way you love me. Because love can turn to hate in a moment. So that's not God's love. God's love is totally selfless, totally giving. For God so loved the world, He gave. God could love the world and yet despise its wickedness and yet still love people enough to send his own son to die for them, to save them from that wickedness. The love of Christ, the love of God is totally different than human love. But if all we've grown up knowing is the experiences of love in the world and according to the world's ways, we're missing out on the difference, the reality of the love that is in Christ. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. There's such a vast difference between the ways of the world and the ways of God. And yet, He has brought us into His ways. He has brought us into His life. In fact, His life is in us. And it's totally different. So you can't take the way that the world has trained you and then try to be a Christian according to, uh, you you can't take the world's ways and comprehend and understand God's ways with it. There's a lot of that going on. And I'm not going to pick on all of that at the moment. So what I want to share with you this morning is that there is a reality and a way that's found only in God that you can't find anywhere else. So I'm going to give you some examples of Christian living that, are, that's, that tells you something is different. Because sometimes, you know, as much as, you, there's a saying out there, and that is some things are taught and some things are caught. And when it comes to the things of God, there's an aspect of that where it's, I can talk and teach you all day long. But until you catch it by the Holy Ghost, you don't really know the reality of it. But good news, the Holy Ghost is in you. In fact, the Spirit of God lives in you and teaches you all things. So you're not without help. You're not left on your own. You have help. You have the Holy Spirit to teach you and instruct you and lead you in the way that is right. So I was reminded of an example of how different the Christ life is compared to all other forms of living on the earth. Alex and I, um, well, Alex, particularly me, a little tiny bit, knew of someone who was, according to the world, uh, well, according to anybody, um, was not a good person. (laughs) They did a lot of things that were not good. They had family me- certain family members that were believers that had obviously been praying for this particular person. And I know Alex had witnessed to him many times. And somewhere along the way, this person gets born again. They get saved. Now. This person probably had, I don't know, the tiniest little bit of Bible knowledge, spiritual knowledge, just tiny, 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 tiny. Maybe Sunday school, but not, and I, not even our Sunday. Our Sunday school is good in giving you lots of good stuff, but, you know, traditionally Sunday school is, you learn some songs. I still remember some of those songs, but um, you, you know what I mean? It's, it's just a tiny little bit. Father Abraham had many sons. You remember that one? You learn a little, you learn a tiny bit. Do you even know what that means as a child? You have no idea. Like, how is, how am I a son of Father Abraham? How does that work? That's not my dad. Like, you don't know as a child what that really means. And even as an adult, sometimes we don't even really know what that means. Anyway. So, you you learn a little bit. And this, this person had this, the tiniest little bit of biblical knowledge However, I kept hearing reports about how their life was changing. I kept hearing reports about they've decided to quit doing some evil, wicked thing that they used to do. And now they are living right. Now they have a desire to follow God. They've been sharing the gospel as best as they know it with their friends. And there was a discernible difference in their personality, who they were, changed. And I remember talking to Alex about this and going, that is the real thing. It wasn't they learned a bunch of principles and put in a sincere effort and suddenly everything changed. Nope. They didn't do that. But something was different, and it was noticeable, and God did it. God did it in them, that person. Our God is more faithful sometimes than we give him credit. I'm going to say it this way. He is more faithful than we give him credit even when, because sometimes we only give him a little bit of credit. But he's very faithful. He's faithful to finish what it is that he has started. Amen. And all of us sitting in this room who have given their your life to Jesus, he is faithful to finish in you the very thing that he started. And you know what it's gonna look like when he's done? It's gonna look like him. The Bible says that we are predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. He's faithful to make that happen. And I'm gonna tell you this, it's gonna look different than anything that you can look, you can't look around you and and see in the world and see what that's gonna look like because it will look nothing like what you see in the world. The only place you can look to for a blueprint of what his plan is, is in this plan, this blueprint. And you look to the life of Jesus, and there you find the blueprint that the master is following in constructing and building the life of Christ in you. That's where the blueprint is, right here. So when you read this book, inspired by the Spirit, when you read it, it tells you what he's doing. It tells you his plan. It tells you his design and purpose for you. Hallelujah. That is good news. He's predestined you to partake of the life that is in Christ. And I say that and sometimes you go, okay, you, your head goes tilt. Like you don't, you, know, you hear it, you've heard the phrase a lot. But what does that mean? The life that is of Christ, like his, the Christ life. What it means is not just the works on the outside and the words, but the very nature that is in Jesus, that is of the Father, His nature. The Bible says He's given us everything, His divine power has given us everything that we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. Mm -hmm. Everything that we need. You have all the raw materials that you need. But he is the one who's going to build you and strengthen you and make you what you ought to be in his sight. He's the one to do it. So when I talk about the real thing, the real thing that I saw in the example that I was mentioning about with Alex and this person that we knew is that this person didn't work to try to be something. In fact, probably didn't know enough to do so. But God started something in him. A change had begun on the inside. And for him, it was a matter of recognizing that and yielding to it. And that change began to work itself in his life. So much of what we do as Christians is try really, really hard. But our trying doesn't bring about the end result that we're looking for. You didn't, how many of you tried to get yourself saved? Did it come about that way? Yeah. Now, there's some people in a place where they cry out to God, help me. But you didn't try to get yourself saved. He started that process by reaching you when you didn't know anything different. Think about how many times you had heard the gospel before you actually heard it with your heart. How many times did you hear it? And then one day you heard it and it was real to you. What's that difference? What is that? How come you didn't hear those other times? Why this time? And yet you did. Because he caused you to hear. Hallelujah. He caused you to hear. You know, there are many times that we're, we're, I know for me, I like to have answers today. I want to know right now. And I go on a search. Here's the book of answers, so I'm going to go on a search and find the answers that I need. I've come to realize it don't work that way. There's so many things in life that uh, it's just, there are so many unknowns. There's so many unknowns. You know, there's a business situation in my life in the last little while that has developed. And um, it's developed in this way where it started out with me saying, I ain't gonna do that. So as you know, as many of you know, I have a second business, which is um, commercial window cleaning. And so um, I had been, I, you know, I'd, been pur- I'd purchased it a few years back, but I wasn't actually doing the work. I was owning the business and managing the paperwork, so on and so forth, and, and then the, the one person that was doing the work said, I'm going to go do something else. And I thought, I have a decision to make now. So the temptation is, not temptation, but what we tend to do is, okay, well, I'm going to go get the answer. So I'm praying to get the answer. God, what do I do? Give me the answer. I was surprised that no answer came immediately. And someone, that someone is my wife, says to me, well, why don't you just learn how to do it and do it yourself for a while? And I said, I ain't going to do that. That's where that came in. I'm not doing that. So, guess what I'm doing now, by the way? <laughs> Full time. Full time. Um, <laughs> yes. My stiff neck suddenly was soft and supple. But here's the thing is that I started with that because that wasn't the answer that I wanted. I wanted a different answer. So, Lord, give me an answer. One that I like. And I thought about it and weighed different options. And uh, I had time to make the decision, so I wasn't in any rush or hurry. And I'm praying about it, and I'm praying about it. And the answer that I got was, keep this in the family. And I'm thinking, what? How am I going to do that? Again, so you remember the answer that, yeah. How am I going to do that? And I, But I'm, I'm pretty sure he said, keep this business in as a family business, so which means don't sell it. It also meant don't hire anyone else. So just by narrowing it down, I realized, <laughs> I guess I'm doing this. Yeah. But the thing is, is that What I've also come to realize is that if he's telling me to do something, he knows what's best. Not only does he know what's best, but he's looking out for me. He'll take care of me. That I also know. He has proven himself that way over and over and over. That he cares for us, he loves us, he's looking after us, he's taking good care of us. So as soon as I know which direction he wants me to go in, even if I don't like it, I know it is the right way to go. I know, the, I know for me to go, uh, OK, well, maybe I didn't hear that, and I'm going to do something else instead that I like to do. Disaster, pending disaster if I do something like that. But not, I'm not making the decision out of fear. I've just come to realize that when I go my own way, it don't work so well. No matter how hard I try or with my best intentions, it just doesn't seem to work as well. But if I trust him and follow him, he knows how to look after me, even if I don't feel like it or it doesn't seem that way to me to begin with. He knows. And so I can trust him in his leading. I can trust him in his leading. He is the good shepherd. He knows how to lead and to guide me. And he knows where he's going and where he's taking me. And so I said, "Okay, Lord, I trust you. And so I had some difficult discussions to have that I had to have with other family members, because it meant a significant change to my work life balance and so on and so forth, and other business arrangements that I had previously made. But again in taking the first step of obedience by saying, yes, okay, this is what I have to do. Suddenly other options began to open up to me that I could not see until I made the first step. I began to see how he was working in other situations. So, when I got into painting First of all, many years ago, back in 2013, uh, I was, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I used to know this term very well. What is it, Bruce, you probably would know? When they make a structural change to the business and change out your job and it's no longer there for you anymore? Constructive dismissal. Constructive dismissal, thank you. So, uh, fancy, a, fancy word for you're fired. Yeah. That's another funny situation. Well, not funny. Well, I didn't feel it was funny at the time. But in 2013 is when I first started following the Lord uh, again. And uh, in following him sincerely, I always had a difficult employee to deal with. And my boss at the time was telling me, you need to put your foot down and take a hard line in disciplining. And that's just kind of not been my way in disciplining employees. I kind of give them an opportunity, another opportunity, another opportunity, a little correction, a little coaching, a little change, a little collaboration, a little understanding where you're coming from, what's, what's going on, here's the goals, and try to lead them into it. And then only if there's some severe, you know, I'm refusing to do my job kind of thing, then, okay, discipline. Anyway, I was told that I needed to be more, yeah, well, sort of in some respect, but just... I had, to, I had to put my foot down a little bit sooner than what I was doing. So I said, fine. So this one particular individual of whom was the topic of discussion um, was giving a little bit of trouble. So I said, that's it. I'm putting my foot down. And I wrote up this big, long disciplinary letter, sent it off to HR for approval, which never really came back. Anyway, ended up giving this. It's not Bruce's, fault. It's not Bruce's I'm pointing to Bruce because he used to be in HR. So, <laughs> Then I, you know, basically gave this disciplinary letter and told him, you know, you're in trouble, and so on and so forth, and this and that. So to my surprise, my boss calls me into his office, and there's this employee sitting there. And now we're having a discussion. And I'm expecting it to be one way, and it went a very different way. Where now my boss is letting him off and says, oh, well, it's not a big deal, this and that. And I'm like, what are you doing? You told me to be one way. I did that, contrary to how I wanted to act. And then in front of the employee, you go ahead and cut my legs out from underneath me in front of the employee that you told me to do that for, because you said so. Anyway, that was the conversation going on inside. However, I let it become the conversation on the outside, too, to where I said, I told my boss, how do you expect me to put my foot down and have authority when you cut my legs out from underneath me in front of the employees that I'm supposed to have that authority over? Well, he didn't really like that a whole lot. So a few months later, there was a restructuring in the way the company operated, (laughs) which meant I no longer needed to have the job that I had. Anyway, long story. So I was really not happy about that. However, um, I was out searching for another job and looking for what to do, and so I'm searching, and I, I got this prompting not to do that, and I thought, well, I gotta have a job, so how is it that you can tell me don't have a job? And yet, that was what the Lord was saying, so I took my EI and stayed on that, as difficult as that was financially for a while. That was the leading of the Lord. He began to talk to me and change some things and priorities in me over that period of time, and I started working, back with family members painting. So painting just kind of came about. And then it just kind of stuck. And then it was no longer about me having income from painting. It became me helping my family with the skills that I had when it came to business and then also in painting. And suddenly, That whole scenario was different, and now what God had allowed in business and in my own learning and experience there, that skill set was brought into a way where I can now help and bless family members and be a way that God could testify to his faithfulness and goodness to those around me that weren't serving him. So it became a, a blessing. Now, fast forward a few years. And now I have a second business. And the Lord says, keep it in the family. And his original intention had not changed. So as things have developed, I've been able to use that company in addition to provide a transition out of painting from one of my family members into a different line of work that's easier, the more stable, less stress. It has been a benefit to others had I not followed the Lord. I didn't know that when I started. I didn't know that when I I first was presented with the situation of what do I do with this company now? I didn't know that. But I had to continue to follow the Lord and make steps as he led me. Until as I was making those steps, the picture became clear and I realized what his intention was all along. And so much of our Christian life is that way, as he leads us and directs us and guides us, and he's faithful to do that. There is something in this, this life that I'm talking about, that is so different than anything that we can experience in the world there is a life that is in christ that cannot compare to what what you can sample out there in the world and there is a reality to it where he provides for you every day he is your sustenance he is your sustainer he's the one that is able to take what you have given him with your life and like what we heard this morning during the offering take what's little and make it much. He's able to do that. He is, he is able and willing to do such a thing for you. Not just able, also willing. In fact, he is more willing than you are. More willing than you are. So there is a reality that we find in Christ. That times, I mean, I can talk about these situations, and you begin to see something. What you begin to see is, he's faithful to lead me. He's faithful to take care of me. He's faithful. I can trust him. These are the things that you begin to see. But there is so much more in this life. There's a richness and a depth to, to him working in us and producing the life of Christ in us that's so much greater than Smith Wigglesworth used to say this way the inside of me is thousands of times bigger than the outside of me because the vastness of the life that God has given us outweighs everything around us it's so much greater than that and sometimes these are the things that become difficult to share As I run out of words, imagine that, I run out of words, and suddenly they just, I can only say this, i end up saying the same thing, and the next thing you know, tongues is the only thing that satisfies down in here, which is part of the reason why you have that, by the way, is that you can express to God what's going on inside, even when your mind doesn't have the ability to really grab the reality of what's going on inside you. But he himself he himself is the one to lead and direct, the one to guide, the one to teach us this life and develop this life in Christ that we have. I have one example in my mind, but I think that it's we're going to go too far over time to, to get to it today. So let me just ask Shalane to come up, and we're going to conclude here and now. Thank you, Shalane. So this morning, I want, to, I want you to be encouraged that no matter where you are at, that the Lord himself is endeavoring to lead and direct you. That no matter where you are at, he's got a plan and a purpose, and it's a good one. That no matter what your present experience is now, it's not just a matter of getting out of trouble or getting out of a problem or working past a difficult situation. He's there. He brought Israel out of the land of Egypt when they were slaves and in bondage to Pharaoh. Yes, he brought them out. He delivered them. But you see, he also brought them into their own land. Gave them an inheritance and a possession. And in the same kind of way, yes, no matter where you're at, even if you find yourself struggling with things, struggling with bad habits, sinful habits, struggling with just the pressures of life, even if you find yourself in those situations, tied and tangled in the world system, he can deliver you and bring you out. Jesus has already made the way for you in all of those areas, whatever difficulty you might be facing, but he didn't just bring them out of Egypt and he doesn't just bring us out of difficult stuff. He brings us into the land of promise. He brings us into blessing. He brings us into a place of peace and of joy and that overflow from within. He brings us into a life where he has provided for us, a land flowing with milk and honey, where we have vineyards that we didn't plant and wells that we didn't dig, but that he has provided for us. So he brings you into it. And there is so much more. I mean, they had to send spies to go out and to see what that land was like. And they come back with these massive bundle of grapes, bunches of grapes and the milk and the honey. And they, they said, it is wonderful. And that's what they described it as a land flowing with milk and honey. Look at the abundance. Look at how wonderful it is. And there is that little sample that they had of an entire life that was for them. They tasted and saw that the Lord was good. And if you've been born again, you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. But that is a taste. That is a glimpse. And what He has for you is so much greater. It's of the same, but more. More abundantly. And this is the kind of life That he has for us. Different than what you experience in the world. You talk about love. We're not talking about love like the world knows it. We're talking about Jesus giving his life for me. When I didn't know him. You're talking about peace and joy. We're not talking about going on vacation and eating whatever I want. We're talking about a peace and a joy that even when storms of life press up against me. I'm unmoved. Because my confidence is in God talking about peace of mind that while everyone's freaking out, I have an answer and his name is Jesus. I have joy that I carry with me no matter, no matter what's going on. And I tend to be somewhat of a stoic face, but believe you me, I know joy like I've never known before. And that life continues to grow and increase and develop, not because I try really hard, not because I push and, and, and struggle, but because he himself is leading and I'm following. He's leading and directing and I'm yielding and obeying. And I can trust him at any point in, or turn in my life. I can trust him to lead me. I can trust him to lift me. I can trust him to be the one that has given his life to give me life.
0: Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.